0: hello and welcome to another episode of video game logic today's episode was recorded on october the 18th 2022 i'm your host gaming psychologist and with me as always becoming my positive for a mold
1: yeah caffeine rage as uh quickly paste in the game I played this week because I'd forgotten to do that.
0: Whoopsie. Um, On today's show, we will, of course, be talking about aforementioned games we played. Sims 4 goes free to play. Sims 5 is teased. G4 is as dead as Stadia. Stadia exclusive outcasters to disappear with Google's platform. And for the Community Corner this week, we have an article, Euro Truck Simulator 2's 10th anniversary is coming up. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. Yeah, now that I think about that, my my weird intro thought that would be really bad. Resin is hella toxic. I mean it's not like gonna kill you if you just touch it or breathe in a little bit, but resin well, exposure. Dep-
1: well, it depends on the resin too, right? Yeah. True. Some are worse than others, but you would
0: with that much direct exposure you would get you would probably get cancer and die. I'm very
1: sorry. Well, well. to be fair, everything gives you cancer these days. True. Very true.
0: Yep. The, y'all are gonna get a huge, whenever the, that Franken content comes out, y'all are gonna get a huge chunk of me talking about my new 3D printer. And probably in a week or two, it, that'll show up in a more refined context, air quotes refined, on the main show once I've kind of gotten a hold of what I'm doing. But I bought a 3D printer, and it showed up, uh, and I've done a couple of prints on it. For anyone who's familiar, I did the Rook test print, because I think everybody does that. And then uh, I printed a U-Wing from Star Wars and cured it. I'm going to paint it. It's just gray right now. I bought just a flat gray resin, because I intend Mm -hmm. to to make and paint minis. And that's just a really good color to, to paint over. But uh yeah, I've been having a good time with this thing and I can't wait to dump a ton of pictures in the Discord. Woo. Woo. Uh what what how how are you? What have you been up to? What's going on? As if we been, haven't been talking for yeah, about an hour. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh well, I had a peaceful weekend, so there is that. That's good. Get, getting excited for the new Rimworld expansion. I'll probably be talking about that in like two weeks, because we have a little game club next week. We do, indeed. But speaking of the games, uh, let's talk about games, right? Let's talk about the games we played this uh, week. So this is a game I've been playing on and off for like two months now. This is another excursion into the, uh, what was it, the Career Builder uh, Humble Bundle from uh, who knows how long now? Yeah. Uh, that had a bunch of like Sims and just dad game stuff. You know?
0: Yes. My kind of games.
1: Well, one of them in it was Parkitect. One that had actually been on my list for quite a while and is one of the primary reasons I actually picked up that bundle because, right? Right. So. For those who don't know Parkitect, it is essentially the spiritual sequel to uh Rollercoaster Tycoon, the first two at least. Uh, that's kind of the cut off po- point that a lot of people put on the Rollercoaster Tycoon series, then 3 went more into like sandboxy stuff, which is where Planet Coaster kind of comes in. Well, Architect is leading more onto the old school roller coaster tycoon with a lot more management features as well. And I've really enjoyed my time with it. I've I'm far from beating this game, let alone actually getting the DLC. I kind of want to get the DLC before going too far in it though, because right. Right. So uh, it's very old school <laughs> looking. If you look at some of the screenshots, It looks like, you know, essentially a polished up roller coaster tycoon with its more grid based, you know, design compared to uh, uh, Planet Coaster. And uh, there is a lot of comparison back and forth between Planet Coaster and this game because they kind of came out around the same time uh, thereabouts. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one is more focused on the management style of things or management side of things, I should say. Where it plant coaster it's very hard to fail unless you're absolutely trying to. While this it's more about building up your park and keeping it going because eventually, you know, people get tired of the rides and you have to either build new ones or you know uh, redesign them. You have to uh contend with vandals more, you have to uh worry about uh, research and development more on this one, and overall, it has that roller coaster tycoon feeling to it a lot more than what I did with that plant coaster. That's not to say plant coaster is bad; it's just it's not what I was looking for when I was playing that game, you know, right uh, That said, the management side of things it does sometimes feel a little random. Because uh, certain events that may happen outside your control can vastly swing things. Uh, One example on one of the campaign maps. uh, Essentially, you get a handful of maps that you can play sandbox mode and as you play the campaign you're unlocking more and more maps. And all the uh, campaign maps it's, you're given a plot of land, a, a budget, and some sort of goals. Like I get so many uh, people in the park be- and if you do it before a certain date you get an e- you know, an extra star for that level and uh, so many, uh, collecting so many stars co- uh, unlocks the le- next level. Pretty basic progression. Uh, with some being a lot tougher than others like uh, uh, get 700 people in the park have no debt and uh, some of the uh uh the goals could be like, and have no roller coasters or have, or you know, use no blueprints, that sort of thing, which will get into blueprints and stuff as well. Well, it uh, can sometimes feel a little bit random whenever, you know, like uh, a, a, a part shortage is making it so that roller coasters are less safe than they normally were would be, and they either break down more or they just crash. And if they crash, and people down your roller coaster. Well, people don't want to go on that anymore, <laughs> <laughs> right? That makes sense. Although, <laughs> at times, you know, If I have uh, built this like perfect coaster, for, well, perfect for the area it's in, because that's kind of also the thing is that uh, there's different needs for different coasters, and yeah, uh, as like in the real world, yeah. You know, there's no such thing as the perfect ride because, you know, it might be too intense for someone or be, or, you know, not be, uh, you know, nauseous enough. You know, uh, and they, you might have somebody that's a thrill seeker that would, you know, scoff at a, you know, a more leisurely ride. Right. Uh, the one that crashed on me, I just saved it as a blueprint and I rebuilt it exactly what it was. <laughs> and because I'd torn it down and uh, rebuilt it, it counted as a new coaster. Even though it was exactly the same, <laughs> right? Yeah. So,
0: just real quick, I have seen Parkitect. I own mm-hmm. Parkitect. My yeah, kid has played bundle. Parkitect. I have never
1: played it. Okay. Are you going anywhere with that, or is that no? You're...
0: I'm just. Okay. I just wanted to say that, like, right off the top, like, I, I I haven't played it. Like, not because it looks bad or whatever. I've just never mm-hmm. have never played it. So uh, I kind well, of know some of the things you're talking about because I've seen my kid play.
1: Yeah, it does have a more refined uh, uh, roller coaster builder and more options. Like, certain coasters uh, could uh, tilt the track more than uh, others. Some could uh, go full inversion. There's uh, other types of rods that use the same building mechanic. Like, there's a uh, water rod that has a water cannon that you can enable and disable. Uh, to have a more interactive element for the ride goers, which boosts their excitement, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- where this game really differs from Rollercoaster Tycoon, uh, outside of more random events uh, happening, like like I said, there could be shortages of different items and that sort of thing uh, that uh, raises and lowers prices, or you know, a crash near your park may deter people or. You know, a a nearby park may be suffering from some sort of issue that could drive more people to your park. Which, like I said, there was a little little bit of randomness in, but it's not also not so bad that it feels like I'm winning or losing because of them most of the time. Where this game really differs from Roller Coaster Tycoon is, uh, well, two mechanics. One is the back of the park stuff. Okay. Where, in Rollercoaster Tycoon, pretty much everything was handled with magic, you know? Stores never ran out of stuff, and you didn't have to worry about the logistics of your park. In this game, you have to handle it somewhat. I mean, you don't have to go full out, you know, lay down, you know, like, power and everything. But, you have to handle the logistics of shipments to different shops, and having it where people go, uh, move around easier out of sight. So in order to do that, there's like supply depots that could transport goods underground to a set location where your haulers can haul it to different stores. And uh, this could all be hidden by facades of buildings and such uh, to make the park experience more immersive for your park goers, which boosts your rating. Which makes the people more happy and more likely to stay and spend more. And it's an interesting mechanic of uh, figuring out a balance of just how efficient you could be, how much it costs to make that efficiency, but also, you know, what you could hide from your park goers. Uh, a good example of this is like having a midway that's full of shops. Well, you could hide that behind a, like, fencing and stuff to uh, between the shops so that uh, the workers could access the back of the shops with uh, dedicated pathing uh, and restock the shops and clean the shops from behind so that people can't see that. But it costs more to set it up, right? Right. And that also kind of ties into the idea of Okay, now, do you want all your shops in a central location? Or do you want to spread them out? Because if you spread them out, you either have haulers, you know, walking along the path uh, 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 in front of your guests, which lowers your rating because they don't like seeing, well, there's, you know, somebody in a jumpsuit carrying, you know, a box full of umbrellas, right? Yeah. Uh, So if you uh, set up where, you know, there's like a secondary location. You either have to set up all the stuff to support it or take just a ratings hit. And it makes for some interesting design, you know? Yeah. And that kind of ties into just design in general is that uh, making your park pretty in Roller Coaster Tycoon and Plant Coaster was purely subjective, you know? There was no actual in-game mechanic for how pretty your park was. To, to a degree, I should say. You know, there, there was some sort of rating, if I recall correctly, in Planet Coaster. But uh, nothing that was a direct mechanic that impacted how your, how your park was performing. In this game, there is. So all the cosmetic stuff essentially produces an aura around it that increases the attractiveness in that area. And also rides uh, benefit from it. Well, depending on the ride, there's like the old style, you know, just plop it and done, you know, like uh merry-go-rounds, uh, uh Ferris wheels, that sort of thing. You know, things that are just in a central location. And then you have your tracked rides, you know, your roller coasters, your log flumes, uh, go-karts is another example of a rod that's just spread out and having stuff along the way that people could look at, plus the queue and exit uh, to get into the ride. The more decorated that is, the more excitement that it uh, produces for the ride, which can boost its rating, which makes it so that you can charge more for a ticket, assuming you're going that route, because there's the flip side of it where... You can have all your rides low cost, but have, or, you know, even free, but charge a lot of money to get into the park. But that requires a different strategy. And I find, and I find it an interesting kind of in between. And also, you know, kind of, you know, give you a, a reason to design and uh, make your park pretty, you know? And they also have a lot of, like, building blocks that you could put in, uh, plus mod support that just adds a lot more That if you really want to, you know, dig down into that. Where, like, uh, I mentioned a facade of a building. Well, you could build it essentially, like, Lego-style, you know, snap walls together, uh, put a roof on it, put, like, a little balcony on it. One of the uh, early levels is, like, this Wild West-themed uh, park. And the opening, like, uh, Main Street is this, you know, row of, uh, like, Old West-style, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Main Street with shops in it. Mm-hmm. And you could actually build that yourself if you really, you know, want to just spend the time on it. Or if you want, you could bring somebody in and do it co-op as well, which is interesting. Uh, it's not competitive. It's cooperative, which is nice. But it's not really necessary. You could just sit there and just, you know, do it all yourself. Or, you know, it could be a fun, you know, you know, just waste time activity and, you know, sit uh, build your part together. Yeah. We'll have to give it that shot. Yeah, like I said, if you're a fan of uh, especially the old Roller Coaster Tycoon, but these Tycoon style games that were very big in the like the early 2000s, late 90s, that sort of timing. This is right in that you know, kind of sweet spot of uh, management, but also not being you know, so over the top like some of the management games that we've uh, taken a look at. Right? Yeah. It's not one that you just sit there and you know, your eyes cross. And they have a, a fair number of you know, mods and stuff that you could you know, download to. Uh, they have blueprints for a bunch of stuff as well. Uh, pretty much all the rods have uh, quite a few options for just people uh, created blueprints of, you know, uh, essentially improved versions or versions that you could just, you know, plop down if you don't want to mess with it. Or you could just, you know, set up uh, a, yeah you know, your own style and save it and constantly reuse it. I mean, there is some really impressive stuff as well. There's this one blueprint I uh, tried out. It's like a... Uh, it's a water rod. But it's built into, like, this giant shark's head.
0: <laughs> that sounds very cool.
1: Uh, uh For a water rod and a shark head. Yeah. That's what she said. You sure? And, like I said, there's 24,000 uh, different... Uh, add-ons for uh the the game. And some of them is just uh you know cosmetic stuff or just uh blueprints. There's stuff that you know just uh, is just decoration that you can just you know plop down and you know make your place look prettier. Uh there's building parts where you can have uh you know improve your buildings uh th- I mean, it's quite impressive just how crazy they've gone. There's, let's see, there's foliage essentials too, which is a bunch of different like different trees and bushes and such. And this is uh, before even touching like uh, the DLC, which there's two different ones, and they're both fairly substantial. So, right? right? Yep, I haven't. I, I would, think... I would highly recommend it. Like I said, especially if you're a fan of management style games, and uh, and especially if you tried out a, a plant coaster and you weren't, yeah, yeah, you liked building stuff, but you you went a little bit more on the management side of things. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check it out, both solo and with a kid. Hmm. Well, maybe we could have it uh, as a night sometime. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like here's a, a mod that uh, and all also mods are enabled or you can enable them in co-op as well. Where uh they uh uh inserted a uh old style retro steel coaster.
0: Yeah. I like, you know, personally, I like <laughs> retro style coasters, old wooden coasters and stuff. Mm-hmm. I like that.
1: I mean, they'd uh, that that might be the other thing that kind of gets me sometimes on manage, on the management side of things. Thinking about it, uh, is that research can be a little bit on the random side. Uh, you could set these, uh, you know, the general archetype of what you want for. Uh, I give them to research, but it's up to you know the game what you get and getting you know like log flume, yeah, uh, you know, whenever you. Don't need another water rod, right? Yeah. So,
0: does that mean it's my turn?
1: I think so. I'm. I'm not sure if I can think of anything else that really jumps to mind. I probably will pick up the DLC at some point, though. Uh, one of them uh, is more focused on ex- uh, on uh, fireworks. Yeah, uh, fireworks, thrill rides, with some other. You know, uh, stuffs uh, thrown in as well, and both of the DLCs have uh, uh, new challenges as well. Although some of the uh, people I've seen really dislike some of the challenges on the bigger DLC because a lot of it is you can't build while paused, which is hurtful, right? Yeah, but yeah. I would say highly recommended it, at least the base game, uh, especially whenever it goes on discount because it dips pretty low. But even thirty bucks, it's yeah pretty good, especially if you, you know uh, are into this sort of game. Okay, now you could go.
0: Okay, um, I played Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition a while back. I bought Baldur's Gate One and Two; they're bundled together frequently for a discount. I think I got both for, uh, five bucks. But anyways, Baldur's Gate is one of, I think what most people think of is like the OG CRPGs. Um, and I know it's a lot newer than some older stuff. Baldur's Gate released in 1998, but in, in at least the circles that I have, have traveled and asked, when talking about that isometric top-down RPG, it's like Baldur's Gate is always mentioned as one of the the best, one of the ones. Everyone that, are
1: nice. It's probably another one, huh?
0: Yeah, but you know, you should. You know, this is one that you should play. You like Dungeons and Dragons. You like, you know, X, Y, and Z RPGs, etc. Like you should play this one. So I've had it for a while because then I bought the bundle a few years ago, and uh, I was I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna try this out few problems, a lot of problems. Um, And most of this has to do with the fact that this game released 24 years ago and so much has changed since then. Um, No, I will say no major technical issues. The remaster that they did seems to work just fine with Windows 10. Um, Didn't have any issues, no crashes, no major bugs that I was able to see during my stint playing. Which is always nice. Um, That's probably where the things that I'm going to say good about it end. Uh oh. It's an old game with a 4 by 3 aspect ratio, grainy to bad visuals all the way around uh, text. Um,
1: yeah, I think this is the enhanced edition.
0: Yeah. So, you know, graphics, text, um overall screen real estate that you have to actually use. Like, yes, it's a four by three aspect ratio, but you know, there could be plenty of white space for you to use as you see fit, and there's not. Inventory management is a pain. Character creation makes no sense. I can't remember which version of D D this one is is using as its baseline. Um but the idea is like play Dungeons and Dragons, but in your computer. Um this is one of the, probably not the first, but one of the early games that did that. But, um, you know, it's got the D&D experience. You roll for stats, you pick an available class, race class, and basic, like, backstory information, and then spend your, um, you know, if you're using a like, point-by-systems for anything, spend your points and upgrade your stats, and away you go. I mean, there's a story mission about the end of the world, and... Turns out you have an important part to play in stopping that, so good luck! <laughs> and that's fine. That's very cliched storytelling, but especially for the late 90s, like, that's fine. Um, it's just... yeah. You know how whenever you play... The best way I can describe this game, everything about this game feels like when you play Morrowind for the very first time and you don't know what you're doing or how any of those systems interact with one another, and you build your character, and then you leave... The prison, um, (laughs) you know, that prison home or whatever
1: that is. The the magistrate?
0: Yes, the magistrate. Thank you. Whenever you leave the magistrate and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to go stab this mud crab 2,000 times to maybe kill it. Like that feel. Everything (laughs) in Baldur's Gate feels that way. All of it. So, and again, I think this is a product of game design and storytelling from the era. I don't think that this game is bad. It just doesn't hold up to modern standards.
1: It hasn't aged as well as people would say. Yeah. Yeah. So technically it's playable.
0: Technically it might be great. Technically the storytelling could be awesome. But realistically, I stopped playing it within a few hours. There's probably well, other problems the too that I didn't realize. Right <laughs> nice. Yeah, there's probably other problems I didn't realize in combination with like the um, magic system and what it can do to you, and so on and and so forth. But it's fine.
1: It seems fine. Yep, that's that's well, it. Boulder skate. Never played, I never played Boulder skate back in the day. I I got into uh, Neverwinter Nights, which I've never played Neverwinter Nights. Uh it's the same kind of idea. Yeah, if I remember correctly. uh, it was more 3D though, or or you know not uh, isometric, I should say. I can't remember if it was full 3D. Actually, I think it was. Uh, but there was a lot of, or at least back in the day, there was uh, story packs that you could download. Yeah, that would make sense. If they they exist now, I didn't. I didn't see them. I don't think Boulder's Gate really had many, but. Yeah, there was like a primary campaign from Neverwinter Nights, but there was also the creator mode that you could build stories on.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, right.
1: There used to be a website that had a bunch of them up, but yeah, it's, you know, been 20 years, so good luck if it's even still online, right? Yeah, good luck. But yeah. Yeah, I was just trying to see if I could find it real quick, but no. Uh, but, yeah. Neverwinter Nights at, or sorry, Boulder's Baldur's G- Gate, it looks very much like Ultima and Mon to me. <laughs> you know, just that art style and uh, the isometric view. Yeah, I know it's not, but at the same time, right?
0: Yeah. I have no doubt that once you've invested farther in a character, mm-hmm. those mechanical issues will go away. But I also just don't find it very engaging or compelling.
1: Well, you're also uh, looking back at it without the rose-tinted glasses. Oh, yeah. And I, I totally understand that. All of
0: it. I'm looking it's back sort of on like, it. I don't have nostalgia for it.
1: sort of like if somebody had only played Skyrim and had to go back and play, like, Arena, right?
0: Oh, God. That would be interesting.
1: I'm Terrible, not even going, probably,
0: but interesting. I'm
1: not even going Mormon. I'm going, like, the first Elder Scrolls game. And having to deal with, you know, the completely different game style, essentially. Because that's the thing, is that CRPGs, they've evolved, but at the same time, they haven't. So, some of the stuff that Baldur's Gate has, you know, is still there in, like, Pillars of Eternity, right? Yeah. But some of it isn't. I will say that, if, uh, what I recall of Baldur's Gate, mind you, like I said, I hadn't played it. It's a lot more freeform uh, than some modern uh, CRPGs.
0: That does seem to be the the case. I could go anywhere, pretty much from from jump, and uh, could ignore or accept quests at my own leisure.
1: Mm-hmm. Which, uh, in some retro in in some uh, aspects, I should say, is an incredibly powerful tool. Yeah, let you go, yeah, explore the world at your own leisure check out things. I'm not sure if there's any time stuff in that game, but, you know, the the possibility that, you know, you can uh, you know, lose out on something because you didn't accept the quest at the right time. Yeah. If there uh, is, um, I didn't find any of it, but... Compared to a more linear, tight story, you know? Yeah. Because that is kind of the benefit of having a linear path, in, uh, at least in the beginning in story, is that, you know, you could dictate and uh, uh, curate exactly the experience instead of, well, we don't know what the player's going to do because, yeah, you know, they're free to go wherever the hell they want. Might have been part of the problem I had with Final Fantasy XII thinking about it, but it's going back you know several months on Game Club. Yeah. So, you
0: ready for the first news topic? I think so. Sims 4 goes free to
1: play. Sims 5 teased. So, um, yeah, Sims 4, uh, the, the first hit's free now.
0: Yeah, I mean, Sims 3, you know, in, in the past felt like it should be free with all the fucking microtransactions and weird little in-game store that they've been pushing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Sims 5 was very, or sorry, Sims 4 was clearly headed that way. The, the base game price had yeah, come down to like yeah, less they didn't than $5 have the, uh,
1: the in-game store this time around at least that i could recall
0: no have, not in I the same way that the out. sims 3 is implemented yeah, the,
1: the sims 3 was just gross but there's a
0: lot of packs a lot of you know only
1: $600 worth
0: right only only 600
1: <laughs> right yeah so yeah i mean uh, they have a uh, I'm unsure of how I feel about this because The Sims 4, it feels like compared to Sims 3, even base game to base game, so much more shallow. Prettier, yes, but more shallow. But that's uh, before you even start addressing the fact that Sims 3 had a lot more substantial expansions compared to Sims 4 that seems to be going more piecemeal on its DLC.
0: Yep. Mostly they'll see the, I think they're called Stuff Packs, which are, on average, $5 and have a handful of cosmetic items on them.
1: Yeah, there's, like, the full-on expansions, there's Stuff Packs, and then there, oh, hang on, I'm... I'm and then there's the kits. The kits is what you're th- thinking about. Oh, okay. The stuff, the stuff Packs are the mid-tier stuff. So the kits are very like laser focused on a particular like clothing style and maybe uh yeah, have a small mechanic in them stuff packs are more substantial uh with with uh yeah possibly a mechanic and uh some sort of uh game changing stuff but it's more uh it's bigger than the kits but smaller than an the expansion then you have the expansions which are more general stuff with a focus on a particular theme and primary gameplay mechanic. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, when I wasn't joking, by the way, I looked up earlier. Right now, that's not counting the... Uh, well, that's counting the sales, which all the DLCs, or sorry, all the made expansions are 50% off with uh, some of the stuff packs. Uh, being 30 and... Actually, none of the kits are (laughs) on discount at all, which is just rude. It's $641.42 to get everything. No thanks. But that's also the other thing, is that you don't really need everything. No. I would say just a handful of the expansions, but you also have the issue of... The game is a lot more... Simple than uh, Sims 3, even though you yeah, know they do have uh, the emotion system built into the game,
0: yeah. No, overall, it's a much more simple game,
1: yeah. I just when I played the the uh, uh, base game, it always felt like uh, the emotions were almost uh, cheats, you know. It, it never felt yeah, like with how they much actually... of a boost you could get off of them. Yeah, and, and never mind the fact that if you played for a while, you could get you know, permanently boot altering stuff that you could just have in a room. Yep, it, it felt like they they never did enough with the system. And I will say that I never played any of the expansions, so I can't really say to anything into that. They did change the EA play which is also part of the Game Pass, uh, so that instead of Sims 4, you don't get the Get to Work (laughs) expansion, which uh, is, I think, that's the one that's the more interactive, which is similar to one of the Sims 3 uh, expansions where you actually went to work and uh, had, like, mini games uh, there.
0: Yep, I remember that. I don't know what it was called, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think it was careers
1: or something like that.
0: Yeah, and then you could choose. You mm-hmm. know, do you yeah. work hard? Do you do what you're supposed to to further your career? Do you slack off? And you yeah, can avoid was... getting caught, or mm-hmm. I think interact with coworkers and stuff, and, and hey, try interact to... with
1: coworkers. workers like if, re- if I recall correctly, one of them was like a firefighter. You were like in the firehouse all day.
0: Yeah, I remember one for being a
1: cop. They was in the police department all day. hmm Which is weird. And I will say that, yeah, the fact that Sims 4 focused so much on, like, individual plots or, yeah, you know, small groupings of plots instead of the open world like Sims 3 did uh, was also a disappointment. Yeah.
0: I could see why they would want to do that And having played Sims 4 pretty, pretty extensively. Like, I, I still don't understand. Like, I'm like, okay, I could see why you would do this. Mm-hmm. But it's so much better the other way.
1: Yeah, I, I know that especially if you had a lot of stuff going on or, a, or an old game, things got uh, broken in Sims 3 if you weren't careful. But, yep, you know, that's the part of the things that they could have fixed in a, in a sequel, but eh. Nope.
0: I would say maybe the next one, but let's be mm-hmm. real.
1: Yeah, well, well speaking of the next one, uh they did a little bit of a teaser when they did a uh a stream today, a day of recording. Uh it was only about a minute long. It's uh, that uh first link if you want to take a look at it. They're really just showing off design stuff. Uh the big takeaway is that the color wheel is back for furniture. Thank fucking Christ. Bring it back for all this stuff. Uh along with the uh, choosing patterns, but the big thing is that uh, all the furniture seems to be modular. So, like, they showed uh, making a bed single or double wide and then changing the headboard individually. They showed (laughs) uh, a couch that you change the back of it, you change the uh, cushion color to whatever you wanted, change the pattern on it, that sort of thing. And also putting pillows on it uh, yeah, as individual items. Now, mind you, this is an extremely early tease. And actually very weird that they showed it this early because they say years away. So we're probably looking at like 2025, 2026 uh, before seeing this. Yeah. Also, also known as like 30 pieces of DLC for Sims 4.
0: If they can, if they can help it.
1: Make it happen. They will. But they also talked about wanting more community feedback, which makes me think that some of the fan backlash to Sims 4 uh, definitely was hard because there were some scathing reviews when the game came out and it has improved but it's mostly through, you know, $600 plus worth of DLC.
0: Yeah. Yep. I mean, I played it back in May or June, quite a bit. And I mean, I had I, fun with it, but it did feel much more shallow. Yeah, I played compared it previous last entries. year, I
1: think it was. Uh, there were some neat things that they did with it, like being able to stretch and pull rooms uh, without having to completely rebuild them.
0: Yeah. Uh, that but is the, an
1: APT f- feature that is that is helpful. Yeah, but it's just hard going from like Sims 3 with having all the DLC that I've... Uh, Acquired. Completely illegally. Yeah, completely illegally.
0: Air quotes, acquired.
1: Uh To, uh, you know, Sims 4 with everything stripped out. And them selling you the same expansions again. I mean, I understand that, you know, this franchise lives off of, you know, milking that cow. But do they really need to, s- well, I know they need to sell you. The the idea of having seasons for the fourth fucking time, right? Yeah, very important that you buy seasons again. Or, you know, know, pets. I mean, some of the uh, core concepts that you would think of a life sim is tied up in uh, the DLC. Although I will say that I never really cared too much for the supernatural elements that they put in the sims. It just always felt odd. Some of them were fun, but most of them were not.
0: Like, um, you know, the the graveyard with ghosts, Sims 3, and... Mm -hmm. That's fine. That seems fine to me. That your house could become haunted was a little weird, but okay, whatever. And they had, like, one of the actual magic updates. It's like, okay, this this is too far.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, having... Uh, some of the supernatural beings was fun, but then some of them were just kind of silly. Like they uh, they put werewolves in, but never really went all out with them. Yeah. Although the idea of having the you know the plant hybrid people were was interesting, especially since it changed the gameplay substantially, or at least right. it did in three. I never tried it with four. I think that one's tied behind the DLC somewhere. So anything uh, else you want
0: to mention about this? Or are you ready to go on to the next I, one?
1: Not really. I mean, uh, I will say that it is quickly gone up the ladder on the no- on number of players on Steam. Uh, it is... I hope I hit the wrong thing because Steam has changed their stat page since the last time I looked. Um, it's number 14 right now with 42,000 people playing. Which doesn't sound too impressive, uh, you yeah, have number 14 when you realize that that's total, right? Yeah, I mean, it is ahead of Cyberpunk, um, ahead of Final Fantasy 14 Online, which I realize Final Fantasy 14 can is on you know, other platforms, other
0: platforms, yeah. Uh,
1: it's ahead of War Thunder, I and mean, just going down the list, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're looking at. It's just behind stuff like New World Which is that, That's Amazon's MMO right?
0: Yes that is Amazon's MMO Okay
1: Yeah uh, well it would help if I click on it because it says Amazon Games um, It's right behind that And like Terraria <laughs> Good old Terraria well, said well, the top 10 I'm, I mean it makes sense but it's Almost completely dominated by Free to play stuff
0: yeah.
1: ETA 5, Wallpaper Engine. Uh, those two are the only two that's, on the, uh, uh, that's not free to play that's in the top 10. Uh,
0: yeah. All right. Well, next news topic G4 as dead as Stadia. I think, did we talk about G4 extensively yeah, ta- on the show or was that yeah. Franken content? Well,
1: we, we, I think we talked about it on the show. You uh, especially. Then well, you're well, like, well, well, we talked about the layoffs, and yeah, this is kind of the follow up to that where, yeah, I mean, it's dead. Uh, Comcast pulled the plug.
0: Yep. And they had let a bunch of people go a couple, three weeks ago, and
1: yeah, it wasn't they had good for them. Yeah, then they had the one woman that was basically celebrating, haha, I survived. No, you didn't get the fuck out. To me, G4 is almost like a perfect case of not knowing what they want to be because they were trying to tie into nostalgia of people about my age, perhaps a little bit younger, Uh, but they then targeted the demographic of 20-somethings who have no nostalgia for G4. To try to, yeah boost that. They had a 200-person team. And then basically put out a handful of shows a week on Twitch. With some on, uh, blanking on uh, the cable provider that they had a partial contract with that they would put shows out on. But they were essentially a massive team for essentially a Twitch channel with some YouTube content. Mm-hmm. And they never even had a full-time schedule. It would be you know, a couple hours every couple days with that ma- with that massive team. Uh, they wanted to uh, to borrow the kind of cringy phrase from the uh, alt-right. They wanted to be woke. Ooh. But then, uh, you know, would have, you know... Women in bikinis on because right, right. It's a have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, it's a uh, case study of just contrasting mixed signals and the fact that they just never really put out much content and seem to be so laser focused on trying to be on Twitch when <sighs> they never had the the content
0: for it. Yeah. If they had retooled, maybe.
1: But I'm guessing their corporate overlords would not let them. I mean, that's also the other thing, is that they have a, well, had a corporate, uh, yeah, overlord. And that's kind of dictating, uh, I would imagine, at least some of their content. Saying that they have to do it this way, it has to look, yeah, professional. Yeah. When, honestly, I think they could have had at least some interesting stuff with, you know, just gameplay Matter of fact, yeah, back in the day, that's one of the major shows that they had. It was essentially just a TV show showing trailers of oddball games or interesting games. And then, yeah, uh, they had a second version late at night with some more raunchy slash weird shit. So, right? Yeah. And, uh, okay, this might be a slight celebration because they did kill... Tech TV, which I absolutely loved back in the day, but it's also, you know, it is gaming centric, and right,
0: yeah. So my, hmm, what am I trying to say? My experience with modern G four doesn't really make me miss them. I mean, combination of a lot of of the things that that you've been saying, like. Not a regular schedule. um, Didn't have the right kind of content. um, You know, that kind of thing. And it's... It feels weird. I was... uh, I had this conversation with you on Sunday, I think. Because of the Rooster Teeth deal. Of like... I wonder if anyone has done a study that has looked at things that people enjoyed when they were younger. And had nostalgia for. And then they find out like something terrible happened or has happened that... Kind of clouds that image for them. I'm I'm under under no like whimsy that G4 previously. Oh G4 was extremely was, cringy. Yeah, I was gonna say it was anything other than cringy. But I still enjoyed it. At the time there was nothing like it that was easily mm-hmm. accessible.
1: And that's kind of the thing is that they were trying to fill a niche that they had back in the day that just isn't needed as much anymore. Is there a space for a more professional uh, side of uh, game streaming and talk shows and sort of thing? Absolutely, yeah. But the thing is that they were so focused on trying to make it a TV show that they weren't playing to the space that they were in. Yeah, there's no get way. Get away from that they, them. Yeah, there's no way that they should have had a two th- two hundred person team. A two hundred person team on. Uh, less than six hours of content a week, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm get I'm I'm guessing on how much content they were putting out. It was like w- one show every other day, or maybe a, or maybe two shows every other day. It is not much.
0: I'm double checking that, the article to see if there's anything
1: that we're we're missing. It's pretty short. Mm-hmm. I mean. It, I mean, the writing was pretty much on the wall a few weeks ago when they did the massive layoffs. I mean, the fact that th- this happened, yeah, it isn't a shock, right? Yeah. So this says, G4
0: had a multi-year agreement with Twitch as well as pay TV distributors, Verizon, Fios, Cox, Xfinity TV, mm-hmm. and Philo. Philo. Mm-hmm. So it looks like. If I'm understanding that correctly, there might still be a chance to do something to, you know, quote-unquote, resuscitate it. But seems very unlikely.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I just was processing my thoughts there for a moment, trying not to fall asleep.
1: (laughs) Well, I didn't realize G4 excited you that much.
0: G4 bores me in his modern incarnation.
1: <laughs> Part of me uh, wonders looking back uh, at the old content uh, how cringy it would be. I remember one episode of uh, their like, late night talk show. They had a guy on there that, uh, that painted with his dick. And no, I'm not joking. How does that work? Very small strokes. <laughs> Touche. Uh, if I recall correctly... He laid the canvas down uh, on the floor and basically, like, dangled. Obviously not very bad. No. But, you know, they tried to show him painting, and it was just like, yeah, massive blurs. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Didn't make for compelling TV. I mean, obviously memorable TV, but probably for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Reasons. Wink. So, uh, speaking of uh, things going away...
0: Yeah. Uh, Stadia-exclusive Outcaster to disappear
1: with Google's platform. So, this is the sole uh, exclusive game that Stadia had? Or that... yo. So, it's going away. I mean, uh, they were talking about uh, attempting to port it, but from the tweets and everything I saw, it's essentially... Too difficult to try to port because it requires too much of Stadia's back into work. It's a third person like top down uh shooter where you're a a w you're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard. Uh you're a wizard uh, with a few different game modes. Essentially Capture the Flag, uh Battle Royale and like team deathmatch from What I understood of the game modes. Uh, And the big mechanic of it was uh, the spells that you cast. uh, uh, Well, one, it has like a roguelike mechanic where you could get power ups during the match that could either help or uh, hinder you. And you have uh, so many slots that you could uh, hold them. Uh, And depending on the combinations, it could make for some really weird shit. Game, yeah. uh, and really mess up your game if you're not careful. I'm not sure if there was an, op- an option to drop them or if you were, you were stuck with them until you got a new one or what. Uh, but the other thing was that you, know, you didn't shoot in straight lines are you, uh, your spells like curved and you had some control over this. So uh, I get, uh, one of the gameplay videos I saw it like had uh, this it it looked like they were like shrunk down and on like the circuit board. And there were, you know, uh, capacitors and such. And there was like one person curving shots around this capacitor, hitting people uh, uh, that were out of line of sight of them. And it was interesting, but it also didn't seem like there was a lot of, you know, variety and uh, uh, stuff because pretty much all the uh, maps seemed to be shown off in this video. That was under 10 minutes. And like I said, they said three game modes and just a handful of maps. It did eventually go free-to-play, but it was also part of their pro pack for quite a while. Or their pro subscription thing. So, it's more, you know, a game relying on a very particular platform and set of circumstances. Just going away because, you know, they bet on the wrong horse. It sucks for the developer, obviously. Um. Uh, it was produced by Splash Damage. My computer. There we go. It, it was having a think. Yeah, this is the. Uh, well, this is the same uh, group that did uh, Halo: The Master Chief Collection, and Battle uh, uh, and Gears of War Tactics. So. Yeah. So yeah, you know, obviously, yeah, you know, it's not going to put them out of business, but at the same time, yeah, you know, it sucks, right? Yeah. Any thoughts um
0: I th- thought that this was getting picked up by someone uh, well they
1: well, they came out saying that they're uh, that they can't port it. I'm assuming it's because you know the matchmaking and stuff on the back end because it does not look like some sort of you know, super you know, amazing game that requires like yeah you know, a quantum computer
0: yeah. I'm also not super-duper interested in it. It doesn't look like my kind of game. I mean, it might be. Who knows? I might might love it if I played it. I suppose I'll never find out now. But mm-hmm. it didn't seem like my kind of game. It looked cute. But, I mean, the whole thing, at the end of the day, the whole thing just sucks, because we all knew that Google was going to do this from the beginning. And they're not... No, phone, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> We all knew that they were going to do it from the beginning. And I suspect lots of people that they were working with knew it was too. But how do you say, you know, no to Google if you're in in the industry? You know, how do you actually uh, be especially, like, no, uh, I'm not going to do know. this
1: because I think you're going to fail. Yeah, especially throwing, you know, who knows how much money at them. To, because remember, this was also part of their pro subscription for quite a while until uh, I think it was last... June or July that it went free to play just totally. Yeah. But this is also, not. Um, but this isn't the first time that they've also had a uh, shooter just die. I mean, they uh, did produce Brink. So there's that as well. True. They will probably have more along the way after that, if they stay uh, long enough. Mm-hmm. But like, like I said, they're, it's not going to hurt them in the long run really. But at the same time, and only reason why I bring up Prank is that I saw it on the list like, oh, it's them. <laughs> it's more the fact that yeah, you know, you know, losing a game because of this, right? Yeah,
0: it sucks. Again, the whole thing just sucks. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can really do about it either.
1: Especially since Google kind of pulled the rug out uh, from under everyone.
0: Go- Google did a-, a classic rug pull on themselves.
1: Uh, a classic Google. Yeah, they pulled a Google. Mm-hmm. But, but who I really feel sorry for is that uh, poor sap that got the stadia tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet well, you saw that. Oh yeah, I did. Well, yeah, this was uh, also kind of a follow up to a previous one because I'm not sure if we mentioned Outcasters specifically, but there was yeah you know, developers that were just blindsided and yeah, you know, obviously yeah. So, up next. Hmm. Our final
0: topic for the night was sent to us via Community Corner. Rage, how can people do that if they want to send us something?
1: Well, if you wish to do so, you can go over to vglpodcast.podbean.com, and there's a link to all our stuff there, which means that you can drop by the Discord, like Jim did, and let us know about this. You could go over to Twitter and tweet us vglpodcast, or you just email us vglpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Indeed. So as of today, Euro Truck Simulator 2 is 10 years old.
1: Um, I'll bake a cake.
0: It's so interesting to think about Euro Truck and its history and where it's been and the fact that they released another game that was all functionally identical, different, you know, but mostly cosmetic differences. Mm hmm. But like you know, developing for both of these games at the same time, which, granted, to my knowledge, they share pretty much the exact same code, which I think would help. But
1: still, I mean, it just there seems is like a there, lot there of work. differences between you know uh, European tra- driving and American driving, especially yeah. with how the uh, trucks are built. So the, it's I, I don't want to say just yeah the same game twice on that one. Yeah, it isn't.
0: No, it's not the same game, but it's very close, it feels like. But anyways, just it's it's interesting to think about the history of this game and like what it has seen when our our world has been through some crazy shit the
1: last I mean hell, just because it alone let, let alone, you know, the whole Russia thing. Yeah. And, and they how part did... that on uh yeah, you know, who knows when that's coming out.
0: Yeah. But it's just interesting to think about you know there were people who could who could have started playing this when they were you know very young not even uh you know just like a teenager and they could have played that up until now like thinking about that like a game that is active and in development and has a a community that loves it like there're not a lot of games that i think can say that you know that 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 someone could have stuck with it for that long and could have been such a huge part of, of their lives like even if it was just in the background. It's just... I mean, how many games have made it that many years while being actively in development? Like, MMOs come mm. to mind, and they might be cheating, but, you know, let's let's skip naming uh, a bunch the of Sims? MMOs. <laughs>
1: I guess...
0: Yeah, The Sims... When did Sims 4 come out? Although Sims 3 is still... Well, it's not in active development, though.
1: Uh, 2014, so it's coming up on 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Oh, ooh, I got one. It's one of my favorite games. Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> but that's just a bad man. So I'm Let not me, sure wait. if that counts. Yeah. I don't know, I think so. I mean, Dwarf Fortress is looking at like 20 years of development now. I mean, a lot of these little small pot passion projects you know, are this old. Because another one that's kind of in that uh, vein is Unreal World. And that, oh, damn, that's ancient. I
0: don't think I've ever, ever seen uh,
1: that. Un- that. Unreal World, not, you said? Yeah, Unreal World. It's 1992. So that's 30. Mm hmm. Uh, it's like early. I um, oh, Hang on. That's a Wilder Survival uh, roguelike RPG uh, in the ancient north. I mean, it is stupidly complex. Yeah. And also, yeah, very old-looking.
0: <laughs> looking down through this article to make sure that, like, what all are they doing, aside from just
1: hey, everybody, it's our 10th year. Well, they're talking about continued development of DLC and thinking that they could go another decade of, of support. I mean, if you just look up a map of uh, Euro Truck Simulator 2 they've essentially through expansions I would say easily doubled their uh, map size yeah for sure uh, and that's not even counting some of the redos that they've done on uh, the old map which I do think that they are still in the process of doing more yeah, map redesign as well and that's and this map is even old because or the one I'm looking at because it's not showing the Iberia one which is going down to Spain. So, all right? Yeah. So they've. This is. Euro uh, Truck is DLC in my opinion done right. All right. Yes. Is there a lot? Oh fuck yeah, there is. I mean, you're looking at. worth of uh, DLC but the core of it the map packs are fairly cheap for what they are yeah I mean the more recent ones are more expensive but the older ones go real cheap and that's not even considering sales and a lot of it is just cosmetic you you know paint that only you're gonna see Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you see, like, yeah, the the Viking Legends uh, <laughs> DLC, and you think, yeah, oh, well, that truck looks cool. I want to drive that truck. Well, there you go, right? Yep. You can see in
0: multiplayer what somebody's custom scan looks like, but I don't yeah, think but, that's uh, big uh, yeah, a but, problem.
1: Yeah, but... Uh, honestly, I just stay away from the multiplayer. Yeah, because we tried it, and it was... It okay. Was, I think it's more the fact that, yeah, we we're expecting something different. Yeah. But yeah, uh, treating multiplayer as like just a chat room to just get on, right? I think would have made more sense. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I was going to say hindsight's 2020, 20, but I don't think that's the right phrase for that. That's just my mm-hmm. brain, like.
1: Starting down? Doing a doing loop de loop. A, a, a doobly doo for the discovery queue. <laughs> okay, hit the music. <laughs> I'm but, joking. I would not do that to you. At least right How now.
0: long how long do you hope Euro Truck Simulator 2 goes for? It's been 10 years. How long do you hope it goes I, I, for? I
1: think they could easily do another uh, another 10. Uh especially with some of the injury works that they've done because the game isn't exactly ugly. You know? No.
0: no, it's certainly not as good looking as I think it used to be in comparison to other games, but it's not
1: ugly. Mhm. I would say the big thing that they need to address is the driver AI. Oh yeah, I mean one of the huge points of of the game
0: is to follow the 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 rule of law, the the driving, you know, the traffic uh, rules, you know, not speeding, not running lights, etc. Mm-hmm. And the AI is constantly speeding and driving recklessly, and
1: yeah, which in some respects is you know. Actually, really realistic, but... all right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it would be good to have erratic drivers sometimes, but not all the time. Mm-hmm. I agree with uh, you, though. I think Euro Truck can make it probably 10 more years, do, like, mm-hmm. one major graphical update, and then just keep moving along.
1: Question? Uh, I mean, eventually they're going to uh, hit an issue of, well, where are they going to go from here, right? <laughs> because yeah, right now... Okay, well this map is lacking the uh Spanish one. They could go down into Portugal. I don't think that ma- uh, that d l c goes down there As a matter of fact uh let me go check that because I think this would have uh the map for it uh no so oh yeah, there it is okay, so it does go down to Portugal uh was mistaken on that one so you're looking at like Ireland and maybe a rework of Britain, assuming they don't just delete it because of Euro. Yeah. Uh, and if they want to avoid the whole issue with, you know, Putin being a massive uh, dick, uh, going down into Greece and over to Turkey, but then you're, you know, kind of stretching the term of Euro, right? Yeah. You're getting much more into Middle East, Africa, Argent. Yeah. Or the other option is to go further into Scandinavia. Because truth be told, the Scandinavian DLC kinda cuts off about halfway up. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the at this map and I'm seeing room for one, two, three, four major DLCs before you start hitting the issue of Russia. Which was yeah, due to co- or due to come out, yeah. When Putin decided to uh hey, let's be a, a massive asshole. Posturing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, I definitely see room for expansion, but at the same time, you know, where else are you gonna go, right? Yeah. I think the other thing might be reworking some of the old map, because I know that they did Germany, redid that. So, yeah, there's a bit more to work there. But, you know, you're not gonna sell that as a DLC, are you? I mean, they have it before, but right? Yeah, but you never know. Never know. So
0: yeah, I don't I don't know if I have anything else I want to say. I mean, we did game club on it this year, talked about mm-hmm. it a lot. Still love it. My opinion it hasn't really changed all that much.
1: Yeah, I do need to load it up and check out the anniversary. Uh, I got so many things I got to play. <laughs> Plus, yeah, still yeah, uh, you know, being a squid and a kid. Yeah. Well,
0: hey, Rage. How can people contact us with stuff if they want to?
1: Well, once again, you could drop by. Uh, our website, com, And you can find a link to our Discord. You can find a link to our Twitter. You can uh, shoot us an email over at vjallpodcast at gmail.com And what are, your, uh, what are your socials? Why don't you hit them with them socials? <laughs> well, I don't want to hit them too hard because yeah, they may bruise. And that's rude. Uh, my socials are... Game was CR on the Twitter. And if you wish to be my friend on Steam, you can do so over at Caffeine Rage. And you've been? I've been Jared.
0: You can find my stuff uh, on Twitter at JMA4707. Um, played Vampire last week, so that got streamed. So remember, I stream occasionally tabletop games. So if you want to see them, well, I don't stream, I participate on the stream that people are are playing tabletop games, and currently I'm running a Vampire the Masquerade campaign that when we play, it is streamed. So,
1: uh, mm. that's
0: twitch.tv slash runicarts to check that out when he's streaming, if you're interested. Um, and then otherwise, you can be my friend on Steam or on Discord. Uh, uh, J Arthur 4707 is my. Yeah, hey,
1: you'll print him a rook.
0: I'll print him a rook. I've got two. The test print printed two, so I've got two here. They're rough, but... I don't know if you can hear that I'm clicking them together in front of the mic Probably too quiet
1: uh, I think I hear something
0: I have my slug Louder sounds now Is it coming through Alright, I stopped banging them together
1: Well, I couldn't tell So,
0: Woo. Fair enough, there's a shitload of little spike, spikies on my waveform where I was smacking
1: them together Well, I got a slug I also got uh freeze but He's also a little bitch, so there is that. The slug is adorbs. Uh, something else that is adorbs is, well, our outro stuff. Correct. Once again, you can reach us, VGLPodcast, at gmail.com, with your letters, most game-related topics, or you can tweet them to us at VGLPodcast on the Twitter. And if you wish to drop out the Discord, you'll find a link to that over at vglpodcast.podbean.com. And if you wish to spread the love, you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this madness possible. You can find out more at patreon.com slash podcast. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kim McLeod. You can find his stuff over at incomputech.com. And as always, as his
0: lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye bye now.
1: See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs>